Welcome to another edition of Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Tom Gazzola. Happy Friday, everybody. It's been a tremendous week. Uh, if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, last night was an unpleasant one. And to break down what we saw and to tee up the weekend, and maybe talk about stadium series uniforms and how ugly they've become, we welcome back our good friend and TSN 1260's very own Hernan Salas, who I have a chance to work with on every Oilers postgame show. Hernan Demand, good day, my friend. Good day, Tom. It's Friday, Grey Cup weekend. Uh, exciting times here in the sports world. The Oilers are uh, busy as well with back-to-backs this weekend, so it should be a fun one. Dude, I'm going to Calgary tonight. <laughs> I know, I'm so jealous. Uh, uh, you know where I'm going to be? Spirit of Edmonton. And uh, oddly enough, I'm going to be down there with my dad. And nobody takes in Grey Cup like Renato Gazzola because last year no, I... it was something else. <laughs> and you were there. And all the, yeah, all the boys here are getting ready to leave this afternoon. And uh, good old Hernan has to stay back because we've got some shows to do here. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's a quick trip for me. So if that makes you feel any better, I'll be back at the station <laughs> with you tomorrow night. <laughs> like a bunch of cool dudes on a Saturday waiting yeah. till 11 o'clock for a game to end. And then you and I are going to do a show with, I don't know how many people listening, but uh, it's always a pleasure doing the show with you, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, last night, you know what you and I discussed this on our show about how this team, this Oilers team, which is 14, seven and three now, struggles mightily against weaker opponents. It's not even, I'm going to take away the term perceived weaker because I've been using it to this point this season. I stopped saying it going into this LA Kings game last night. I said, Hey, you can't even say perceived weaker anymore. It's just a weaker team. The Kings were eight, 12 and one going into that game. They had lost three, nothing to Arizona on Monday and they were last in the Pacific last in the Western conference. And it was like a total role reversal. The team that looked like the leaders of the Pacific Division was the bottom feeder. What did you make of last night's 5-1 loss to L.A.? Uh, I, I, I mean, it was another one of those games where you're like, the Oilers should win this game. Again, they come out flat. They gave up three goals in the first period against Minnesota, another team that was struggling mightily at the time. They put up three on the orders in the first period, and then you go back to their Red Wings game. They put up uh, two in the first period to lead to nothing. So obviously, there's something uh, with, uh, with this team when it comes to playing uh, weaker opponents. I know Dave Tippett said after the game that it was, uh, you know, there's no easy games. And fair enough. I mean, you still have a, guys like Kopitar and Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick, who was pretty good last night. Uh, you still got some legit NHLers on those teams. So obviously. It's never an easy night. But again, the orders come out flat. They picked it up a bit in the second half of the game, but by that time, it's way too late. Mike Smith, again, struggled against L.A. I'm not going to be too harsh on him because he has been good this season, but he's been second best when it comes to goaltending. Uh, you know, he's going to get in one of these games this weekend, obviously. But again, listen, it, it, there's seven games over 500, like the fake 500. Mm -hmm. You can't be too upset with this team. They're still first in the... Uh, in the division, you know, we're almost at the end of November. You can't complain too much, but you are getting a little concerned here because it's win two, lose two, win one, lose one. 
They haven't been able to put a string of wins together. And they keep dropping games. And it's not that they're close, Tom. And I think that's what's concerning when it comes to these uh, bottom feeder teams. It, it's usually over by the first period. And that's what concerns me. Uh, I know we talked about it last night, about the immaturity. And Dave Tippett said that after San Jose's game last Tuesday. And, and there is, because as soon as something goes well, it seems like they take a step back. So we need to see the orders string some games together, more than two games. Uh, you know, to keep uh, putting some points on the board. And again, you're not going to get too upset. You're not going to, you know, lose your mind over that loss. But uh, because the record is still very good. But it's a big weekend coming up. I mean, you got to win one of these two games uh, just to, to stay ahead of the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are also coming on as of late. But again, it, it was concerning because this is the third or fourth time they've dropped the game to a bottom feeder team and it hasn't been close. And I think that's what concerns some fans. And, and again, for me, I, I like to see them string some wins together. And on the opposite side, they haven't let the losing streaks get big like they have in previous seasons. So there's, there's a good balance there, but you, you want to see the orders maybe win three, four straight, uh, you know, heading into December. That's a really good point, Hernan. And, um, Chicago, Minnesota, as you mentioned, Detroit in Detroit, as you mentioned, and then this game against LA. I think it's fair to say like this is a red flag and a, and a concern with this team's identity at this point. Yeah, they can go and play against the good teams, handle them, what seems like no problem, but then mm-hmm. they play down to the level of these weaker opponents. And, you know, good old Reno Gazzola used to always tell me when I was growing up playing hockey, uh, why do you play as poorly as your competition? Because that's a recipe for disaster. And this Oilers yeah. team seems to do it. And it's, it's kind of crazy to, to think that that's, they can swing from being so good and, and, and knock off a San Jose team two nights prior that w- had won six straight, five in a row at home, red hot, and, then, and they did it in fine fashion. Like they cruised to that 5-2 win on Tuesday. Yeah. And then just absolutely lay an egg against a, a really bad LA Kings team that uh, is dealing with turmoil with Ilya Kovalchuk to the point where they are paying him $6 million plus per season for this year and next year still at 36 years old. And he's, a, he's not even playing. They're, they're like, you could practice yeah. with us, but you're not playing Ilya. No, thank you. And, and that comes in with Todd McClellan having a fresh start as the new head coach. And, and they're already at this situation and they're, they're, talent at the top like you mentioned the Kopitars the Dowdies Dustin Brown had a great game last night against the Oilers like they're still good players but the supporting cast in LA isn't great um let me ask you this Hernan Salas yeah if Jeff Carter didn't score with three and a half (laughs) seconds left in the first period do you think we had a different game I do because I, that that was just a dagger, and then that brings your team down. You're like you're down three nothing. You got 40 minutes to turn it around. Now you got the quick goal in the second from McDavid, but then again, it's it's different when it's two one than three one, right? Because you're you're still chasing the game, and you're still two goals down. I think at two one, you just need one good break, and you would have had opportunity. I mean, Nygaard missed two breakaways, Archibald and Nurse had two good looks in the slot, open looks, and they didn't even hit the net. So again, buckling down, maybe not being ready to play. And, and we discussed it with Matt Cassian, too, and, and this is on the players. Like, you have to be ready to go. Um, and Mike Smith, again, wasn't sharp. I mean, the first, the first goal was a great shot by Toffoli. second one was an absolute rocket by Kopitar. But that third goal, 
you must have, especially with what, four or five seconds to go. Yeah. And it's funny that you brought up Dustin Brown. Because I think at one point in the game, we're like, you know, it's not going well for the oil when Dustin <laughs> Brown was flying. He like, was. Flying, <laughs> like he was taking it to the Oilers team. And we're like, what's going on here? So definitely. Yeah. I mean, again, Tom, it, it was a disappointing effort. But the one thing about this team is they've bounced back good after bad losses. I mean, you saw in Detroit when they lost, they came back into Columbus. They bounced back after that Minnesota loss. So it's going to be interesting to see. Now, I, I think Vegas is better than Columbus. Uh, yep. I think Arizona is better than Columbus. So, yep. uh, you know, and the orders are three and one. Sorry, they're one and three in all time in Vegas. Uh, Vegas has won three of the last four. So it's not going to be an easy game for the Edmonton Oilers. Let me ask you about this. You touched on it last night on the post-game show. You brought up the names Archibald. You brought up the name Shahan. We've talked about Marcus Grenlin. I don't know how many times. He finally scored against San Jose, but he's been a ghost at, like all season long. You touched on Nygaard missing two breakaways. Um, what's going on with that bottom six? Does the fact that the PK looks so good and is tops or top five in the league make it okay that those guys aren't contributing offensively. What's your theory on that bottom six? Jujar Kara has scored a few goals in his last three games here as well. But what do you think of them at this point in the season? I mean, I think they're getting better. Uh, you, you're seeing Haas kind of, you know, get his opportunities at Nygaard too. They got to finish now. Two guys that stand out for me are Riley Sahan and Josh Archibald. Don't get me wrong. The penalty kill is fantastic. They're number one on the road. They're top five in the league. You're not taking those guys out of the lineup. I get that. But they have to bring something more. Because when J.J. Cairo is struggling, you're like, you can't just be a good penalty killer. you got to bring more. He's come on as of late. Hopefully he can continue that. But the same has to go for Shahan and Archibald. We're not talking about rookies here or first-time NHLers. These guys have been in the NHL. So, for me, they've been a disappointment. Uh, they don't have a goal between them. Uh, I think they need to pick it up. And, and again, they're doing good work on the PK, but you need more from them five on five. Alex Chason, for me, it's, he's Alex Chason. Like, hey, people keep saying, we've got to get Chason going. I, I don't think that that's a thing, Tom. And I've mm -hmm. said this countless times. Like, last year, yes, opportunity. He, he caught on a hot streak. He scored a ton of goals in a few months. But in the new year, he scored six goals. He has one so far this season. He's not a goal scorer. People got to stop thinking that. Like, this guy's a bottom <laughs> six forward. And no, don't get me wrong. Did I think he'd be at one goal at this point? No. I thought maybe three, four would be reasonable for him. But he's been a disappointment as well. And those three guys for me are the guys in the bottom six that have to pick it up because those three guys are the ones that are going to be in the lineup because they're NHL vets, right? Uh, Shahan Archibald killed penalty. Jason gets spot duty on the top unit on the power play and on the second unit. And he's gotten a lot of opportunity in the top six as well. So those guys ain't coming out of the lineup. I get that. But you have to bring more. And those three guys, out of all the bottom six guys they've tried, have been the most disappointing in my eyes. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Hernan Salas joining us now. You can catch Hernan on TSN 1260, Edmonton Sports Leader. He and I are with you every Oilers post-game show, breaking down what we saw 
all year long, as well as Matt Cassian, who is our game analyst and former NHLer. Hernan Salas, I have to ask you about this weekend. This two games set in the desert. It's not going to be easy. You touched on that in the first segment of this podcast. You mentioned that the Oilers have dropped three of four in Vegas. The Golden Knights have been waking up, let's say, at 11-9-4. They're 3-4-3 in their last 10. They dropped an OT decision in their last game to San Jose. On home ice, they're 6-4-3, when usually, like 6-4-3 is still decent, but it seems like T-Mobile Arena, or the Fortress as they call it in Vegas, has been just an absolute killer for any visiting team. How do you think the Oilers approach this game on Saturday? And uh, we'll get into the Arizona game after. Yeah, they're, they're going to need a quick start. Um, I'm pretty sure Kostin is getting the start. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Caleb Jones. He struggled mightily last uh, last night uh, versus the LA Kings, so you might see a Brandon Manning drawing. Uh, I might see a little tinkering in the bottom six. Maybe Russell Gagne draw back in. But again, you need to be you need to have a quick start against this team. Like you said, they're rolling. They have five points uh, in their last three games. Like you said, they lost in OT. Last night, so they, and this is a good team. Like they're front loaded when it comes to their forwards. Like you have Stasny on your third line, Patch Ready on your second, Stone on your first. Even their fourth line can chip in. Uh, I like their forward group. It's one of the best in the league when it comes to depth. The defense, I think, is what can be exposed here. I mean, yeah, Nate Schmidt's a good defenseman, Shakespeare, or probably their top two. But after that, it's it's a drop off in my eyes. And we all know what Mark Andre Fleury uh, can do between the pipes. So they're going to need a quick start. They can't sleepwalk through the first 20 or they'll be down once again. So it's an interesting game. I, I think the Oilers can win this one as well. We've seen them beat very good teams this year. So, And, and you saw Dreisaitl and McDavid kind of, you know, being really hard on themselves after last night. So I'm expecting a big downside game for them. Because they were minus three on the night, Tom. They were awful in the first period. So uh, when the big boys are upset, that's probably not a good thing for the Golden Knights. <laughs> is very harsh on himself. Uh, he and McDavid... Yeah. Tied for the league leading points at 44. Dreisaitl's 13-game point streak was snapped last night. McDavid pushes his point streak to nine games, nine goals, nine assists in that span. I like what you said about the, the Golden Knights defense. Yeah, Shea Theodore is good. I think Nate Schmidt has been exceptional. Uh, he was a great pickup by them in the expansion draft out of Washington. And then there's, there is a uh, drop-off when it comes to the Golden Knights blue line because you look at the other blue liners on this Golden Knights squad, and it's Braden McNabb, Nick Holden, Nicholas Hag, Derek Englund, John Merrill, and Jake Bischoff. And that's probably where they do lack depth. I also think that uh, after Marc-Andre Fleury, Malcolm Subban is a big drop-off as well. Yeah. We'll probably see Marc-Andre Fleury tomorrow night against the Golden Knights. I'm sure of it because at 34, he's still a workhorse and he's been playing exceptionally well for them. But uh, that's, I guess, when you look at this team now, you go points of weakness, depth on defense, goaltending, their backup situation isn't great. It's just how do you stop that forward group up front? And uh, I really like what they bring to the table in terms of Offense and they're a well-rounded forward unit with the Golden Knights and Gerard Gallant, but we'll see how the Oilers handle that situation as well. How about the Arizona Coyotes, Hernan Salas? This is a team that 
is chasing the Oilers. They're three points back heading into action Friday night. They're 5-4-1 in their last 10 games. They beat the Oilers a couple of weeks ago. And uh, on home ice, 6-5-0 so far this year. What do you think of the team that Rick Tockett has playing right now? I love that team. I think they work their butts off. They've got some skill now. They've got goaltending. Their defense is good. Um, and, and the Oilers are going to have to bring it. it they, I think Arizona's always a little bit better than the Oilers because they just work that much harder. And it's not even the Phil Kessels and the Clayton Kellers of the world. Like, look at Nick Schmaltz the season he's having. Look at the Connor Garland. Like, where did this guy come from? Like, he is scoring. Uh, he, all he does is score goals for this team. So, this can be another tough test. The Oilers always seem to struggle. It's always a close game with Arizona. It's never a blowout either way. So, I think the Oilers, it's, it's in their best interest to get points tomorrow because I, I have a feeling the Arizona one's not going to go their way. So I think tomorrow is the big game for the Edmonton Oilers to get two points. Now, if you can get, if you can win that game in Arizona, obviously that's a bonus. But right now, I know the Oilers are in first, but I like the way Arizona plays. Uh, the Darcy Kemper and Antiranta are phenomenal goalies. It's kind of similar to the Edmonton situation where they're splitting time. But those two guys right now are just lights out. Uh, Rant is coming off a shutout. Temper, uh, he took the loss last night against Toronto, but uh, they've been exceptional this season. So for me, that's the tougher game of the two this weekend. So like I said, I think you have to go into Vegas and get those two points because Arizona might be some tough sledding. Both teams on Sunday night come into that game on the back end of back-to-backs. The Coyotes play L.A. in the afternoon on Saturday, so I suppose that's a bit of an advantage. It's uh, The Oilers play at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Mountain time. So for you and I, like I said, it's going to be another late one. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the Oilers get uh, a six-hour disadvantage when it comes to game start time. With the Coyotes, I like. I really like the addition of Phil Kessel, and it, it's it hasn't surprised me with how well they've played. Um, yeah. The fact that they've sustained it, I knew that they were going to be kind of my sleeper pick to surprise people, and that's where they're at. And that game could be for first place in the Pacific, which is crazy and, to and say. It, yeah, I was just going to say that. Like you told me on November twenty third or second, I don't even know what day it is, Tom. I've been fighting the flu. That's why I don't know what date it is. But, uh, yeah, November 22nd, you would have told me Edmonton and Arizona would be playing for first place. Like, that, that's just – it is crazy. It, and it's great to see that it's not the same – you know, it's not Vegas or San Jose or Calgary up top. So, uh, it's a, a good change. And it's fun. And I think Cassian said it the best on the post game show last night when he said, these are playoff-type games for the Edmonton Oilers right now. And then people are going to be like, well, it's only November. No, the Oilers need to win – these games, they need to show what, they, what they're made of. And yeah, they've been good this season, but these are playoff-type games coming up this weekend for the Edmonton Oilers. Finally, Hernan Salas, I want to ask you about the Stadium Series uniforms. We talked about it on the show. Uh, the Avalanche one was leaked about a week ago. And then finally today, we're looking at the LA Kings. It looks like something out of 1996, quite honestly. I, the- I don't... I don't know if the, the makers or designers of these Adidas uniforms said, hey, we're going to see if we can make 90s jerseys even uglier. And, and that's what the LA Kings one looks like. And then in my opinion, the Avalanche one was like, hey, let's take the 70s, early 80s Vancouver Canucks V uniform 
and try to make that even worse. And I think both sets have accomplished that. Yeah, no, um, the avalanche one is absolutely awful. Like I I saw you tweet this morning and like whoever came up with that is, you know, probably should get a nice slap or something because those (laughs) are hideous. The LA ones, yeah, they're not sharp either. I mean, but the Avs ones take it to a whole new level. I think those are the worst jerseys I've ever seen. Like it makes <laughs> it makes some of the bad third jerseys we've seen as of late like look look like beauty. So for me, yeah, no, uh, just I get what they're trying to do, be creative, take it back, but uh, those are just bad, Tom. And and I, you know, I don't want to sound negative, but it's it's the honest truth. They're not good looking jerseys. <laughs> they're horrible. Um, they're Whoa. so bad that they make the Oilers' current alternate uniform, which looks like it was designed by a six-year-old, seem like a work of art. And they, yeah, I, I didn't want to say it, so I'm glad you. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there. They're so bad that they make the Islanders' third jersey that had like the gray triangular shoulders and just said Isles or yeah. Islanders and had the number on the front from a few years ago look half decent. Like these, I'm looking at these jerseys right now and I'm just like, that can't be real. And, and like, just, just take it back. Like look at the blues jerseys yesterday. Those were phenomenal. Vancouver's oh. over the weekend. Phenomenal. Like it's simple. Go back to what they were wearing in the nineties. It's that nice. Like don't try to get too creative. Yeah. Speaking of the Blues, like these jerseys are uh, so bad. They remind me of those third jerseys the Blues were supposed to wear in like 95, 96 when Mike Keenan was coaching them. And it was a trumpet coming out of the side. And and Keenan saw them and he's like, we are absolutely not wearing those uniforms. And they (laughs) they shelled them. And that's how bad these uniforms are. And speaking of the Blues, and I'm glad you brought it up, what did you think of Jordan Bennington's Cujo mask? I loved it, man. Like Cujo, Cujo's one of my favorite Oilers goalies. And then, you know, he came at a time when the Oilers, you know, they were, in terms of salary, they weren't at the highest. And for Cujo to come here and wear that mask and win a couple of playoff series, I absolutely loved it. And good on Bennington uh, for uh, kind of reinventing that. That was great to see. I almost, I, I can't tell. I'm trying to decide if Bennington's Cujo throwback mask or Brian Elliott's Cujo throwback mask with the trumpets before Cujo switched to the bear helmet, which one was better? Um, it goes back to my childhood, and I remember having all those hockey cards. I think I really liked the the dog mask and uh, yeah. over the, the trumpets, but the trumpets to me was a classic one. And I like the fact that Elliot and Bennington uh, came up with the throwback masks. It's almost like when Devin Dubnik had the Bill Ranford throwback. And, yeah, yeah, that was great. And Dwayne Rollison had the Grant Fuhr throwback when the Oilers brought back the, the retro Royal Blue jerseys, which I feel like they will be doing again soon because their current uniform setup is no bueno, Hernan Salas, outside the no, white jersey. No bueno. No bueno. Hernan's favorite mask all the time, though, is Eddie the Eagle. Like the Blackhawks one, oh, it just looks so good. <laughs> Buddy, that's a classic. Uh, that's a great one. Hey, I have to say thank you for doing this. Appreciate it as always. You have now become the most frequent guest on Locked On Oilers, eclipsing Derek Van Deest and Jack Michaels. So, buddy, it's always great doing a show with you. (laughs) Likewise. And hey, you behave down there in Calgary. Take care of the boys, eh? No promises, my friend. (laughs) All right, buddy. 
That does it for this edition of Locked On Oilers. For Hernan Salas, I'm Tom Gazzola saying have a tremendous weekend, everyone. Enjoy the Oilers and Golden Knights as well as the Oilers and Coyotes. We will be back on Monday. Take care.